Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. sharp light I hope you're still there but anyway I'm here and it's good to be here it's good to be with you guys and uh, it's just like coming home this Uh, staying with uh, in the hotel Lions Inn it's a good place to stay (laughs) and I realized that I'm I've been there many times when I saw the guy I met when he was three year old I know he's like uh, 20 so he is getting older not me I have stopped counting years. I'm going to live forever. So, I mean, it's okay. So, what I will do tonight, I would like to share just uh, my journey, um, not my whole testimony, but just um, uh, why I'm doing what I'm doing in, in traveling all over the world and, um, and help the churches to reach out for the lost. And that has been quite an interesting journey for me. Uh, I got saved in 1983 when I was two year old. <laughs> oh, okay. But um, when I got saved, I was just desperate for the Holy Spirit. Nobody talked about the Holy Spirit. I have no background for, and I grew up kind of a Lutheran church. So everything with the Holy Spirit was, mm-mm, mm-mm. But when I was born again, obviously there was something God put into me, a desire God put into my heart. So I was desperate for the Holy Spirit. I was, I was praying prayers that I, you know, I was really brave <laughs> because nobody taught me how to pray. I just prayed all from my heart. And uh, obviously that was the Holy Spirit who helped me to pray too. So I started to see a lot of miracles and healings and, and, and signs and wonders and sometimes it scared me because I didn't know if God is this you or what's happening. But then, praise God, I find it in the Bible. So then I felt I was on safe ground, you know. And, uh, and we didn't have any church. So we just started to, I, didn't, I just started to share Jesus with people. I was not evangelizing. I was just sharing something that was happening to me about the person that changed my life upside down. Um, so, uh, and then I did a lot of strange things, you know, but uh, crazy things. But I like that, you know. Uh, and I realized one time I had been reading about speaking in tongues. And, uh, and I was so simple-minded. And when I read that, people, that the disciples were speaking in tongues, I said, well, I have to speak in tongues. So I just did it. And I didn't understand anything about it, you know. So I thought, well, I need, I need to talk to somebody. So I just went down to the state church on the priest's office. The, the, we say wicker. But he didn't help me. That's for sure. But God bless him. But then I went home from the office and I met a friend and, and he helped me. Yeah, yeah, you've been speaking in tongues. So then I went back to, to, to my group the following evening. And it was kind of 20 people. And I said... We all have to be, you all have to speak in tongues. <laughs> and I didn't have a clue what to do. 
suicide. You Saturday morning, Saturday eight to one o'clock, you all have to come to our house. And Saturday one o'clock, the house is packed with people. And and I <laughs> and I said this. Repeat after me. <laughs> and they did. And then I said, well, no, you're open speaking in tongues. <laughs> and then the power of God just filled the, the, the house. You know, and they always baptized in this. It was fantastic. But we didn't have a clue what to do. <laughs> but it's fantastic because he knows. Yes. He knows. He, and he's bigger than me and you. So, so my Christian life, if you like, was born into all this with signs and wonders and miracles. And, and it was, you know, it was just fantastic. And sometimes scary. Because I didn't know what was happening. But that after, when I read the Bible, I, f- I found it in the Bible. And I said, God, fantastic. But I didn't see a lot of people saved. But I saw a lot of people healed and uh, a lot of things happening. Like one girl I prayed for, her, her kneecap was uh, removed because she had been in an accident. So she was going to have an operation. And I prayed for her, and you could hear this. And suddenly, just a new kneecap. And I was thinking, what's going on? But I loved it. Oh, hallelujah. But, but a lot of things. And, and the good thing is people got healed. But I didn't see many people born again. But then... After a while, when, you know, when I started to, to grow in the Lord and also I, I, I got some connection with, with mature Christians that helped me, most of them helped me, um, I realized that, um, that when Jesus healed people also, he didn't stop there. Because the, the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit is opening up people's lives. Yes. And, and we should never just stop with the healing. But they can be healed but still get lost. And I realized more and more how the Holy Spirit was using his gifts uh, to open up people's hearts so that we could share the good news with them and then lead them to Christ. And I saw that more and more. And um, so what happened is that after a couple of years, um, uh, we came, I was living in the eastern part of Norway and realizing after a while that we had been planting some churches without knowing it. Because we just saw people saved. And then we came into some fellowship with other people who led people to the Lord. And, and there was a lot of things happening. But then when I came back to Bergen in 1995, uh, I've been praying because I was still much, very much, it was me and my ministry. And praise God, he saved me from my ministry. <laughs> I'm so glad and I hope you are glad for that too. Because there was, there was a desire in my heart to really to come into a fellowship that I could work together with, with brothers that could help me and, and so that we could just do things together. So in 1995, we came back to Bergen, west coast of Norway, where I live, and, um, and God gave me a name for a church. So I, I saw that in the newspaper, there was a church with that name. So we went, into, uh, we went to a meeting there in August 1995, and we just knew we are home. I'm home. And what happened is just uh, not so long time after, uh, a couple, I was reminded of a couple. I, I was sitting in my dining room and I have this uh, special chair. Uh, I call it the Holy Spirit chair. And every time I sit there, he speaks to me. Yeah, no, but you cannot buy it, you know, it's mine. <laughs> and then I was reminded of a couple that I met in 1990. We was a camp at Youth with a Mission, Youth with a Mission. And we were leading worship, my wife and, and myself. 
And now I called them and I said, so what's going on? God put you on my heart. What's going on? And they said, we just need help. We cannot stay in this place. We want to see Jesus more. We want to, we want to grow with him. We want to see people saved. Can you come and help us? And I said, no. no. What can I do? What can I do? But then God said, you have to go. And then I, I spoke to a friend of mine, Newolf, for those who know him. And we decided to go down there. And I remember there was a house. It was three hours drive from Bergen. There was uh, six people there. So uh, we came and we, you know, we had, we, were having, we was eating, drinking coffee. Norwegian drink a lot of coffee. Black, strong coffee. When you put, when, when the spoon is starting to float, you know, then you know it's a... Um, but the thing is that, so we started to share the word. And I was there, so my friend was preaching and I was looking at people. And uh, there was a couple just in front of me that was highlighted by the Holy Spirit. And then uh, after, after the word was brought there, I just looked at them and I looked at this guy and I said, so you have diabetes, huh? And he said, how do you know? Well, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he got healed. And, 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 and then I said, but you're not married, are you? Are you living together? Yes. So I shared the gospel with them and they got saved. And I was, wow. This is really heavy. This is, this is good. Two weeks later, we, we came back and the numbers were doubled. So now there was 12, 13 people. And the same thing happened. We shared the word of God. We were uh, moving in the gifts of the Spirit and numbers got saved. And every two weeks, we went over there for two years. And every time we were down there, people got saved. And the rumors started to go. And, and in that setting, uh, something was birthed inside of me. Yeah. I saw something. I saw somebody giving their life to, Lord, to the Lord. And when they got saved, um, we could just, they invited their friends to come in to experience the same thing. And it was like everybody who got saved knew somebody who had been there two weeks earlier. And there was a connection with everyone who could say. There was a, there was a connection between those who received good say uh, the following weeks. Yeah. And, and for me, that was God really spoke to my heart. And I said, Arne, this is how I want you to work. I want you to equip my body to reach out for the friends and the contacts and people they are in contact with every week. And you will see a movement of disciples being disciples and, and then reach out to new disciples. Not just a hand in the air or praying the prayer, but to see the rest of the body coming in and start to follow Christ. And something was birthed inside of me. And, uh, and I said, okay, Jesus, I, I really want, I will give myself to this. If you want me to work like this, this is what I would like to do. And then when we... A couple of years later, we moved to an island outside of Bergen, just half an hour's drive from Bergen. And we came to an island, and we only knew three people. It was a couple, and there was a, a, a young man who just got saved. And this couple had been saved for a couple of years. So I remember we sat down with them, and I said, can you just share your context with me? Who, is there somebody you know that you find is open, who is positive? Is there somebody you, you feel that is, you know, sometimes share their problems with you, open up their lives for you. And suddenly we had a piece of paper with, with uh, some names on. And the Holy Spirit said, this is your harvest. 
So what we did, we said, what can we do? How can we meet your friends? What can we do? And there was a lot of different initiatives. We went fishing. We was, uh, we was uh, or my wife went shopping with somebody. And we, we did a lot of things. And what we saw, uh, just a couple of weeks later, he got saved. The friend of this got saved. And then we just continue working through those who are getting saved. Because one gets saved knows somebody else who is open. If I meet 10 people, I'm thinking 80 people. Because, but 70 of them is not still here. But they will come because there is already a connection here. And, uh, and during uh, uh, one to two years, maybe two years there, we saw between 60 and 70 people giving their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. The house was packed with people. The kitchen was packed with people. There was chaos. It was fantastic. But it just continued. And now there is a church there. And, and for me, this is the way I work. This is how we work. And I remember I was in China not many years later. And I was in Hunai province where the revival started in China. And, and before I went over, I, I, I asked God, what do you want me to share? And he said, I want you to share out from Luke 10 about finding a man of peace that knows somebody, he also knows another man of peace, and you want to share that. And then I started to argue with God. But God, they see people saved. And you know, arguing with God is the, it's the same as arguing with my wife. <laughs> I know she is right, but I, cannot, I have to argue for a while, you know, and then you. <laughs> but they said, after I've been teaching about this, oh, from Luke 10, they said that, you know what, this is how the revival started in China. God spoke to us to go into a village to find somebody who was open to us and we should stay in that house. And we did. And then we saw whole families saved and they know another family and then you another family. And this is how the revival started. I believe that there are different evangelists. I believe some evangelists have a heart just be on the street. Fantastic. Some will have huge campaigns and crusades. Fantastic. But for me, the way I work is, is through the body of Christ. Yes. I am successful when you are successful. Yes. I praise God. The best testimonies that I can have is what happened when I'm not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when, when you and or when the church really can see, I can actually share Christ with people. Yeah. I can actually share Jesus and, and I can lead somebody to the Lord. Yeah. Uh, and that's what's on my heart. That's what I'm doing, what I'm doing. So I'm totally depending on working together in friendship and fellowshipping because God has faith in you. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You can do all the things Jesus did except from the cross. There is, if we only knew what we have and who we are in Christ, we could turn this world upside down. Amen? And that's what we are going to do. Amen? So... Um, and, and then, for me, then, to come into a church is that I really believe in the church. Church, for me, is the body of Christ. Yes. It's the body of Christ, one head, which is Jesus, but different parts. But it all are run by the head. Yes. And, um, and for me, that is to, if we can join, find a fellowship together, if I can find a way that I can help you and how you can, I can encourage you and you will encourage me, and we find a way to flow together, that's how you can see the body being equipped. Not just by preaching the word, 
I strongly believe in that, but that's just a little part of it. But to equip the body, you have to get to know the body. You have to, you have to work together with the different parts. And I'm blessed when I go into a church like this, Living Rock, for instance, one I know. I'm coming home more rich. I, I've been stirred inside. I've been with, with, with two young guys today, and I was so blessed. And, I, and I'm getting equipped too, you know. But, but it's fantastic. Like today, we saw three ladies giving a life to Jesus. I know they, they received Christ because some of you have been showing the love of Christ towards them. So for me, just a little part on the end, because somebody else have done, and everything counts. Yes. Everything is important. Yes. And we need all the different parts, and we need everybody in the body of Christ to, to reach out. And just knowing that you, we work together. Yes. It's not you just alone. If you work together, it's fantastic. Yes. It's a teamwork. Yes. And even Jesus' team. Yes. And a Christian is always at least four. It's you and the Son and the Father and the Holy Spirit. That's great, isn't it? Think of that when you go to work tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, what were you doing today? Amen. But Jesus had more faith in you than you have in him. Jesus believed in his church. The church is the most powerful thing. Amen. And church is not buildings. That's why you scare me if you say, I'm going to church tomorrow. Whoa, how can you go to something that you are? Because we are the church. You cannot go to church or you live church. Amen? And even though I'm here alone, I'm still a part of a church in Bergen. Amen? And we all have to be on the body if you want to hear from the head. I, I have my own thing, no. You cannot be a Christian and, be, and fulfill everything God has for you if you are not a part of a local church where you can mention the name of your leaders and that you live so close to brothers and sisters that you can allow God to speak to you through people. It's easy to say Jesus is Lord, but when as somebody comes to you and, 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 uh, and maybe they say things not in the best way, I can, make it, I can make a choice. I can rather hear Christ in them, even though they said it in a stupid way, like I have done many times, or you can just close the doors. But I love his church. Yes. And God will use his church to see this area. Yes. Turn upside down. Amen. Amen. And that's what's really burning on the inside of me. I, I have seen the body of Christ. I have seen you out there and and knowing who is with you. And I've seen the churches sitting down and, you know, your context is my context. How can we help each other? Uh, Your harvest is my harvest. How can we work together as a church? And just to see this, uh, the creativity and the freedom in that is fantastic. Knowing that you, you don't need to be like him and her. We don't need to compare. We because we have been given some God-given limitations, because I need you and you need me. Don't compare yourself with others. That's sin. (laughs) Sorry to say, but you are saying to God that God, you did not do a good job with me. He did a great job with you. You are the only people in the world that's like you, and you are the best people in the world to be you. 
be yourself and nobody else is taken. <laughs> but you are a part of and nobody can take your place. You are specially designed uh, of God. And he put you into a body. Amen? Amen. And Jesus went around. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit and power. He went around and he healed everybody who was under the devil because God is with him. And his body is still walking around. And we also anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. And we can do everything he did because God is with us too. Amen. Amen? And this is, uh, <laughs> this is what I see, what God has given me. This is what I've seen as I, I cannot work in different ways. This is the only way I would work. Unless God says something else. Yeah. But I don't say he says something else. Because Jesus is, loves his body. He's loving his body. Amen. Amen. So, uh, so this is important for me. So when I come into a church, I will not come in as, a, as a ministry gifts. I will come in as a brother. And the best title you can have is to be a brother or a sister. Because before God, we are all equal. And if God is giving gifts, that means he is sovereign. He can, he can give gifts as he wants. It doesn't mean that, that, that the gifts are perfect people, more spiritual than you are. It's just God giving gifts. And is using normal people, even Norwegians. That's a miracle. Amen? So for me, coming into a church, I, I, I would love to come in, and I will want to come in, and I will come in as a friend. Uh, I will not come in and just, uh, you have to do this. Because when it comes to evangelism, most Christians feel guilty already. I don't need to help them with that. <laughs> I should have. I have to. I don't do it. Oh, I feel so guilty. If that's you, don't even think of do it. Just relax. It's because we must not be driven by guilt. Because if we are driven by guilt or because you feel bad, something wrong is happening because we are going to share the good news and we look like something else. <laughs> you know, like... Because that's, that's what I believe Jesus said, ask then the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. means... First, I have to go to the Lord of the harvest. And just me going to the Lord of the harvest and pray him for somebody outside of myself, not just for me, but I pray for others. Just then, God will release his love in our heart to people. Forgetting yourself and start to pray for others will change us. Because if we first seek his kingdom, he will give us all the things that we need. And his kingdom is... For so God loved the world. His kingdom is Jesus died on the cross. And the Christ in you is bigger than you. Jesus is you. It's not just your savior. He is. But he is the savior of the world. Amen. Amen. Yes. So, um, so, so that's, my, that's my prayer. And that's, um, that's how we can help each other. And encourage each other. Evangelism. I don't like the word evangelism. And the reason for that is it can easily be a post on a program for the church. But what we are called to do, we are called to live a life in the Holy Spirit. And we are are called to live so close to Christ that we can come close to people. Because closer you are with Jesus Christ, closer you will be to people. 
because Jesus loves people. And um, so, so, so I want to come in and I want to help and I want to have fellowship. And also, I find to, to, just to pray for churches, just to pray and, 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 and start to help people to pray for, for the harvest, for the workers, has been really important for me. And also, you know, because like sometimes I can be really frustrated over churches. They don't. They don't do anything. They don't reach out. They don't do anything. They just do. Oh. But I know if God did that with me. Yeah. But that's not my job. My prayer for myself is that I will never ever have to guard myself, not allowing frustration to come from me over people. Because if you do, you will just put people down, not lift them up. And I have to, as a ministry gift, you have to understand, you can see and read churches out from your gifting. And you cannot expect somebody else who doesn't have that gift to see the same thing. So, So that's my prayer. Jesus, help me. Help me, Father, so when I come into churches, that I come fresh from you, not from myself and from my frustrations. Because we are here to love each other. We are here to encourage each other. We are here to strengthen each other. And we shouldn't fight. We shouldn't allow ourselves to come up with frustration. And, and that's, that's um, something that I really want to, 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 uh, to, t- to, to, to pray you not to do. When you see a brother and sister doing things, or even saying things uh, that you can have a reaction on, never ever... Uh, let your frustration come up because we are called to love each other. Yes. Not to, not to, uh, the battle should not be in here, it should be out there. Yes. And not towards people, but principalities and, uh, and the enemy. Yes. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Amen. So, uh, and uh, if I can share, when do you have the break? Nine or when? Um, five minutes, yeah. So, um, so what I would like to share with you now, I'm just, this is just a kind of a, a background for what I will share. But what I will share with you now is things that it's really important for me coming into a church and also being here with you guys. Things that I believe it's the most important things when it comes to reaching out to the lost with the good news. And, uh, and uh, the first thing is the Great Commission. And, uh, and the Great Commission is uh, it's an impossible mission. I want you to know that. There is no way we can do uh, this uh, to reach out to the world, that we should go out and we should make this, teaching them what Jesus had taught us and, and, uh, and teaching and, t- and help them to, to, to keep all his commands and, and to baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. But then the last sentence there is, and be sure of this, I am with you all the days. But you have heard this many times. And as Christians, we have heard things many times when it comes to the Word of God. And the danger is that you have heard it, and you have heard it, and you have heard it. 
And sometimes it's just in our mind, not become flesh and blood. What does it mean? And this is how I read the word. What does it mean? When I read the great, the great, the great command, I, uh, about the Great Commission, and I will stop and I will think, what does it mean that God is with me in my everyday life? Because it must mean something. Yeah. What does it mean for you when you go to work tomorrow? That God himself saying, I am with you. It must mean something. It is not just words. I don't know how you read a word, but please, we have to read it and we have to stop and we have to say, what does it mean for me? It must mean something. Reaching out is not just an idea and that we should do things in our own strength. It is a supernatural. It is something that if God is not with us, we can't do it. But he is with us. He is. And in Mark, in in Matthew 4, Jesus said this. I think it's verse 19. He said that, uh, that follow me and I will teach you how to reach out. To catch people. Hmm? Jesus is saying to the disciples, and, and please... Every time you read the word disciple, it's you. It's not, this book is not telling stories from what was. The word of God is always a now word. It speaks to you today. Even though you can read about things that happened thousands of years ago, it's a living word. It's not just a dead word, it's a living word. And every time you read about the disciple, that is you. And every time I read the word disciple, Jesus was talking to them, I said, okay, I'm ready. And he speaks to me today where I am. Right. Amen. Amen? Amen? And Jesus said this, uh, follow me and I will teach you how to catch people. Yeah. Two things. This one promise and there is one um, um, respond. Jesus is giving us a promise He will teach you how to catch people. Remember, he is the truth. He cannot lie. My response is, I have to follow Jesus. And then my question is, how can I follow Jesus Christ in 2016? What does it mean to follow Christ? This is how I read the word. I don't read a lot you know, in, 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 in very fast. I will read and I start not, to, I don't want not to learn, I want to live. Yeah. How can I live this? What does it mean? So, uh, so when God has given us a mission, Jesus is also saying in Luke 19.10 that the Son of Man came to seek what was lost to save. So that's why Jesus came. He came to seek uh, those that's who was lost. I, I love the word lost. Means it must belong to somebody. Mm. <laughs> <Very good>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <coughs> oh, sorry. Uh, so Jesus. That's why Jesus came to seek what was lost to save. Yeah. And if you put those two scriptures together, you have the mission yes. that Jesus will teach us how to catch people for Christ. That's the great commission. 
And he wants us to disciple them, to teach them. And then he said that Jesus came to seek what was lost to save. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Means that Jesus will seek today. How? Through you and me and his body. Amen? So, um, so when it comes to this following Christ, so God spoke to me a couple of years ago, two years ago, about following Christ. And I just started to, to pray about that. You know, because I know follow Christ, of course, you, you pray and you, you, know, you have fellowship and you, you live a Christian life. But what does it really mean to follow Jesus? So reading in the Bible, you can, you can read about what he is saying. Jesus said this and Jesus said that. And you read and you receive because it's a living word. But do you also know this, that his life speaks as loud as his words? Jesus could do things in many ways. But I believe all the things Jesus did when he was given a body, Jesus from Nazareth, when he was walking around, when he did all the things he did, he said this to us as believers, that we should do the same thing as he did. That means we can do the same thing as he did. And the reason that we can do that is this. Because Jesus, uh, you know when Jesus was born, uh, this angel came to, to Mary. And, um, and he said that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So that the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. And the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and she was conceived and then Jesus was born so Jesus from Nazareth was born by the spirit amen Hmm. and Galatians 5 Um, sorry in in um, in Luke 3 John 3. Can I just take a bit more coffee, okay? (laughs) Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born again of water and spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. That means, if you are born again, you are born by the Spirit. As Jesus was. And Jesus went to the river Jordan and he got baptized. Why? To show us. And he's saying, follow me. Do what I did. And when Jesus was baptized, when he came up from the water, the first thing he saw was an open heaven. And Jesus is saying to you, follow me. You and I, we are living under an open heaven. Don't close in your thinking what God has opened. Don't live your life thinking that the heaven is closed. 
Where God is saying, you are living under an open heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And who do you think is going to bring what's happening in heaven down to earth? It's the body of Christ. It's you and me. In the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus was standing there under an open heaven. And then the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. And he heard the Father's voice saying, Son, I love you. I'm so pleased with you. And Jesus is saying, follow me. God loves you. But I haven't done, God loves you. And he's so pleased with you. And then, and I love this. This is Jesus now. In, in, um, in Luke 4. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. This is Jesus. He was full of the Holy Spirit and he was led by the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power and news about him spread through the whole countryside. Why? Because of the things he did in the power of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 says, So walk by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. And this is what we are called to do. This is the life God has given to us, that we can follow Christ, we can see what he did, and we can do that because we have access to the same source, to the same power, the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Without the Holy Spirit, we are just religious people. And I'm allergic to religion, but I love Christ. I am. Actually, I get red dots on my back, you know. I'm trying to be funny. I don't know if it's working, but... uh. (laughs) But for me, this is about identity. And I find this is so important for us, brothers and sisters, because we can understand we've been given a mission, but we don't know who we are. You don't know who you are if you just look at yourself, your gifts, your natural skills. You, you don't know who you are. You know who you are when you see what he has done for you. Because the old has gone. The old life has gone. Don't try to fix it. Jesus killed it on the cross. It's gone. But you have been given a new life. And the life you have been given is Christ's own life. Christ lives in me. I don't live anymore, but Christ lives in me. What does that mean when we meet people out there? It must mean something. But we have, it's so easy to turn the focus on us. Oh, I can't do, oh, I cannot. Don't start your day with a list and everything you can't do or should do or all the things you did bad stuff. Start with him. Start with him. If we are going to change people's destiny, you have to know your identity. And Jesus did not move out from his divinity, but he was moving out from his anointed humanity. He was led by the Spirit. In Acts 10, 38, how then Jesus was anointed with God with, with the Holy Spirit and power. He went around doing good things and healed everybody who was under the devil. He was able to do all this because God was with him. And he's with you. What does that mean? For us. In our everyday living. This is for me. It's identity. And this is for me something. That I will share. I mean this is so important for me myself. That we really know who we are. 
what it means that Christ lives in me. What does, what does it mean for you when you read Christ in you, hope of glory? Don't make it just personal. Oh, it's just me and I will come to glory. No, 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 no. Christ in you is hope for somebody else. Christ in you is hope for people, for your neighbor. Christ in us is hope for people we meet. Wow. Yes, exactly. But this is identity. When you read like in John 20, 21, and know that Jesus is talking to the disciples, remember? Disciples? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah? And then he's been risen from the dead, and then he meets the disciples. And then he comes, and the first thing he's saying, peace, but with you. And this is how we have to start. Yes. Do you have peace with God? Do you have peace with God? Do you know God is pleased with you? Or have you received some lies from the enemy? Or from yourself? God is pleased. God is not just, uh, uh, you know, counting all your mistakes, everything you did bad. No, no, no. God loves you. But John 20, 21, Jesus said, peace be with you. And then he said this, and, and he's saying this to you. The way that Father has sent me, I am sending you. This is about the Great Commission. This is because you are here, we are here, because God has given us a commission. Jesus has sent us the same way he was sent by the Father. Jesus was sent uh, with the kingdom of God to earth, and he was demonstrating the kingdom. He was living the kingdom. He, the kingdom was in him. And everything he did was talking about the kingdom. And everything he did was say, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you don't believe in me, believe me for the signs that I'm doing. So Jesus was sent. And Jesus is saying that you are sent the same way as he was sent. That means, where are you coming from? You have dual citizenship. You belong to the kingdom of, uh, of uh, Great Britain, and you belong to the kingdom of God. And my question is, what is most real for you? Because, because you are in the, kingdom, in, in the United Kingdom, you have some rights. And because you belong to the kingdom of God, you have some rights. You have been given some authority. Uh, there is something that you, where you are, the law, that kingdom is in charge. Amen? I know I'm in the kingdom of God. I know God is with me. This is helping me when I'm in situations where I met people given up by the doctors, they're just, going, they're just dying. And if I meet them just coming for myself, I have no faith, I'm, I'm scared, I can maybe pray a prayer, but that's what I do, and nothing is really happening. But when I come from Him, yeah. when I know and I confess this word, and this is how I pray, I pray the word of God over my life. Yeah. I will remind myself that honor God is with you, Jesus is in you, you are anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, and the reason for that is that you can bring down the kingdom where you are, so that I can do the same thing I did through my son Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I know Jesus was perfect. I am not close, but not there yet. Don't ask my wife. <laughs> but I know one thing. 
that I'm anointed with the Holy Spirit. And God has anointed his body. And I have to remind myself when, who I am and what I have. And that helps me to understand uh, that when I meet people, it is more than just me. Heaven is active. God is active. The Holy Spirit is there. This is about identity. You are sent. And you don't lack anything. But live your life under an open heaven, please. Because this is the battle. So easily, oh, I can't do this, I can't, I can't do that. I tried and nothing didn't work or that didn't happen. Or... There's a lot of questions I have, but there's some questions I will not ask anymore. Why didn't that happen? Why didn't she get healed? Why didn't she... Was... No, I don't think I will get an answer to all these questions. But I would just eat this word. And I said, God, I will not give... And I've been in situations where I was, it was just terrible. I was shaking. I was, I was scared. But there was something inside of me that was stronger than what the pressure from the outside. And I stood. And then God did a miracle. And then there have been times where I didn't do it. But God loves me. So then if you fall, fall at this forward, so you have the right direction in it. <laughs> Sent like he was sent. Jesus was sent. He was baptized. In, he was born by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He was baptized in the River Jordan. He was coming up and he's living under an open heaven. And he was led by, driven by the Holy Spirit. And then he's saying, follow me. Yeah. Yes, very good. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Father. Acts 1, 8. That you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you. And you will be my witness. You cannot be a witness about Jesus unless in the Holy Spirit and the power of God. Amen? Because it's only in the Holy Spirit we can live the life that he lived. Amen? So uh, for me, the Holy Spirit is fantastic. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow in the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. The Holy Spirit is really active. Yes. Every, you know, Jesus in John 5, 19, he said that the only thing I'm doing is what, what I can see my Father is doing. Yeah. That means every person he met, the Holy Spirit has already been there. And to, for Jesus to see what the Father was doing was just possible in the Holy Spirit. Because he said that we should do the same thing as he did. And to see what the Father is doing is um, to see what the Father is doing. You get to know him here. You don't need to have kind of a vision or something. That's okay if God gives you that. But I have seen him here. I know him here more and more. I know what I can do because I've been with Jesus there. When Jesus came and he, and he sat down at the well and a woman was coming, I've been there so many times because I'm learning. I go into the stories. Maybe you think I'm crazy. Yes, I am. But I've been into the situations. I've been there. I've been watching when Jesus was there and he was come to this tree and he saw a guy sitting in a tree and he said, Zacchaeus, 
Come down. How did Jesus know that that man's name was Zacchaeus? It was one of the gifts of the Spirit called the gift of knowledge. Yeah. The Holy Spirit, Jesus is showing me, Anna, this is how we can use the gift of the Spirit. You can be sensitive and he will inform you. And then when you move in that, what do you think happened to Zacchaeus? A man never met him before and even mentioned his name. So what I'm saying is that the Great Commission is where Jesus is coming to us and is coming to you where you are. Not where you hope you should be, but where you are. And he's saying, follow me. Means he knows you. He knows me. He knows about all my weaknesses. But Jesus will always come to you where you are. And you have to follow him from that point of view. From that point. And then it is a process. Where he is helping us. And you can learn. And then he will lead us to people. Because he is seeking after people. Amen. I, I love the story with a woman at the well. So, no, Jesus is sitting there, and this could be like a Wednesday or Thursday. Or, and Jesus is sitting there, and this woman is coming. And then Jesus, he, didn't, he did not do a miracle to save her. He didn't do a very spectacular thing. He just started to small talk. You can do that. And God can use that. But the thing is, you know the story, how Jesus then... We started to, to bring revelation into her life, you know. And then on the end, she said, give me this living water. And then Jesus just was, uh, had a vision and he knew exactly what was her problem. And he said, go and get your husband. I don't have any husband. No, that's right. Then you're a fire man before that. Wow, I can see you are a prophet. Suddenly, her life stopped. And then, and I don't understand this. If that was me, I would have stayed there because I just meet somebody who speaks revelation into my life and they know all about me. Oh, give me more. But this woman was just running away. Leaving her water here. Forgetting her own age. She was just running away from Jesus. Hello. But she was running home because she started, certainly started to think about her friends, her colleagues, her, her family, the people in the village. And now she's running into the village. Come and meet a man who told me everything I've done. He shouldn't be Messiah. What happened? Jesus. In that very moment, she said, give me the living water. No, Jesus is seeking through her by the Holy Spirit. And here we have the 12 disciples who went into the city to buy food, just led by their own need, natural need. And the only thing they got was some food. But this woman, who just got the living water inside of us, allowing Jesus to seek, she brought the whole village to Jesus so that he could save God's strategy for this city, to, to take this city for the kingdom, was not 12 wise disciples that was led by their own need, but it was one woman who had the living water inside and alone Jesus to seek. What about you and me? Jesus will seek through you and me so that he can save. But he will use your words, use your hands. Use your heart. It's a fantastic mission, but it's a supernatural mission. We have, we have to understand the reality of the unseen world. We have to understand that 
reaching out for the lost. It's spiritual warfare. Because we are fighting against principalities. We are fighting against in the whole spiritual um, uh, realms. Because we belong to a kingdom that they cannot see. But we believe in a Lord that they cannot see. But we know. We know he's real. We're giving our life to him. We, we serve him. We love him. We love him so much. So when Jesus, as the Savior, speaks to you and he said, I love you. I died on a cross for you. You believe that. That's why you are here. But then the same Lord is saying, no, out from being the Lord of the harvest, that there is nothing wrong with the harvest. It's plentiful and it is white. It's the same, same Jesus. But why, why do you think he said to the disciples that the harvest was white? It, it, he said it about the village. He knew, why do you think it's in the Bible? If it was obvious, it wouldn't have been there. But Jesus, he knows that for us, it can seem like the opposite. It's so hard in, in, in uh, Stony Stanton. It is so hard. We don't see it. And then you say, Jesus is saying, the harvest is plentiful. And then Jesus demonstrated for the disciples when he said, you say in about four months, then harvest. That's just an excuse because they believe there was no harvest. But Jesus said, open your eyes right now and look what's right in front of you. And in that very moment, they saw the woman coming with the whole village. And Jesus got what he saw, a, a revival. What do you see? What do I see? So Jesus is discipling us through his promises. I can choose. I can choose to believe what the word is saying and then just work with what I can see. God, I, I don't see this. I find it hard, God. I, I, I've tried. It seems like nobody will receive you. But I believe what you are saying is, is the truth. Holy Spirit, can you help me so that I can see more and more that this is the truth? This is how you work with the Word of God. Amen. Do you know the person, the Holy Spirit? Not just the manifestations, not just the gifts. I mean, that's important. But the person, the advisor that God that lives in you, the Christ in you means Holy Spirit in you. Do you know him? He is a person. He loves you. He will guide us. He will help us. He is the evangelist. He is the only one that can convince people about sin and guilt. That's not your job. That's <laughs> Yes, hallelujah, that's not my job. I've tried, but man, that's hard work, and it doesn't work, I can tell you. But he in you. And that's why it's so important for us to, to really to, to understand it, to get to know the, the unseen world. Because I met so many people, and if I'm just listening to what they are saying to me, I would give up. But because you have the Holy Spirit, you can read people. You can hear things that are not saying. 
you, you, you just, just don't give up, but you, you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I have met so many people saying like, oh, I'm an atheist. You know what? I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Maybe they are, but I don't believe it. I don't believe, I just believe they're saying that just to protect themselves. You know? And I met many of them. They are not atheists anymore. They're born again Christians and they love the Lord. Or you can meet people who is into all kind of new religion, you know, like maybe I told a story before, but I was going to meet somebody who was into new age. And she heard about me and she wanted to meet me, but probably she was expecting me to just tell her off on, you know, and just give her a hard time. So I was going to meet her the next day and in, in the night, I don't have, um, is it the old man who have dreams? Young man visions? Yeah, so I had a vision. Oh, yes, important. <laughs> In the night, I, I saw uh, a, a woman standing there, and I saw kind of a hand coming down from heaven and pointing on different places on her body, and, and then described some problems, diseases, or whatever. So I woke up with this in my mind, you know? I don't normally just dream about women, you know? Yeah, I love my wife, but this was a totally different situation. And she had clothes on, so that's okay for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so, then, uh, so then I met this lady, and when I saw her, that was the woman in my dream. I didn't tell her that, of course. Oh, I was dreaming of you tonight. But uh, <laughs> that will help me. Uh, so, but then I said, I just know the Holy Spirit is with me. He is with me. You don't need, oh, come Holy Spirit. He is with me. He's in me. He's not leaving me. So that means when I meet people, the Holy Spirit is with me. So, so I met her, and then we you know, started to drink coffee, and she said, well, you know what, I, uh, I, uh, I, I, uh, I believe in, uh, in, in different things, you know, and, uh, and I believe in, um, in, um, in crystals, crystals. What about you, she said. Of course I believe in them. They're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I, of course. Yeah, and she just looked at me, uh, okay, yeah. So, um, but, but you know what? I, um, I, I know I have seen dark angels. And I said, yeah, me too. Me too. Have you? Oh, yeah, I have. And, uh, and, I, and I also have seen white angels, I said. And also, yeah. yeah, and I even married to one, I said. <laughs> but then she said, well... But, but for me, what's, what's really important for me, I, I really believe in energies. I have a personal energy, she said. So I said, do you know what? I also have that. This is interesting. We, we have the same thing. We believe in the same thing. As you could just tell, she started to be a bit, what's going on here? When he's going to tell me that everything I believe in is just like, no, so, so yeah. So I, we believe in the same thing. But can I just ask you a question? So what about, uh, do you have a problem with this? Or do you have uh, this kind of disease? Do you have this problem just there? And she was like, who told you all this? You, you never met me before. Who told you this? My energy. <laughs> your energy. Yes, my energy. Well, then your energy, your energy is, is stronger than my energy. And I say, that's right. And actually, it's not just an energy, it's a person. Who is this then? Jesus Christ. And then she said, I knew it. I knew it. 
And then she just opened up her life for Christ and, and got saved. She'd been cold so long time. But I didn't know how to reach into her, but the Holy Spirit did. He knows the language. And so can we, if we know him. And I love him. And the thing is, you don't need to change. You can be yourself. But please, what I have started to do much more is to speak in tongues. Because the reason, I think, when I speak in tongues, it is something happening with me. It is just Jesus will get more space inside of me. I will be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I, can, I don't understand what I'm saying, but it's something that I've decided to do. I, I'm discipling myself. I said, I, I, have, I want to use this gift because I know when I speak in tongues, it will be more of Jesus, less of me. It will be more of the Holy Spirit. I will be more sensitive. And the most natural thing for us that is born again is to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and to be led by him. Amen? And he can speak to us in so many different ways. And that's not important. The important thing is that you hear his voice when he's speaking to you. When I read the word, I speak in tongues, and the word has become more alive for me. If I find it hard to worship sometimes, and my arms are so heavy, I know I have a drinking problem. If I find it you want to pray, and, and my wife asked me, Arne, shall we pray? And it's just, just that football match going on right now, you know. You want to, why are you asking? And I have a drinking problem. And I'm talking about Ephesians 5. That we should drink of the Spirit by giving him thanks. So the pin code for a spirit-filled life is six, six letters. T-H-A-N-K-S. Thanks. Give him thanks. Worship him. You're using your mouth. You are singing. You're doing something. And then you're drinking of the Spirit. And you can always thank him under all circumstances. You can always give him thanks. Life is tough, but God is always good. And you can always find something to thank him for. And when you do, when we live full of the Holy Spirit, I can guarantee you one thing. You will see people saved. Because you know day of Pentecost. When they had been filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit took them out of the room. He took them down the stairs. He took them out in the marketplace. Why? Because the people was out there. And they were so full of the Holy Spirit. They couldn't be quiet. Spirit filled people is not quiet. And they were just speaking in tongues. And so loud. And the thing is. Everyone who was there. It was different cultures, different nations, different languages. But they all heard about the greatness of God given to them in their own language. Saying that the Holy Spirit can communicate with everyone. And he lives in you. What does that mean? Amen. So, to evangelize. And to reach out is about a way of living. Evangelist is mentioned three times in the Bible, and that is about equipping the body of Christ. The disciples was really, the first disciple was really different in their gifting. 
but they had all, at least one thing in common. They were all fishers of man. And so are we. God is just challenging you. And he's saying to you, everything I tell you to do, you can do. God has more faith in you than you have in him. And God is coming to you today right where you are. And remember, the, the Bible is saying that no one can put their hands on the plow and look back. And if you do, you're not fit for the kingdom, he says. You can only follow Christ by looking forward. And if you think of yourself in a lock, you know the boat in a lock, and, and then you, you, you fill the lock with water, and, and the water lifts the, the ship up so you can continue further, you go wider, whatever. And if you think of yourself like that, and God's blessing is over, he will fill it with water. God's promises, he will bless us, he will be with us, he will, he will fill the lock with water, but it doesn't help. He can fill this with so much water if you don't close the door behind. And some of you are held back by the past. Maybe somebody did something to you. Maybe you did something yourself and you cannot forgive yourself. And God will use you and he wants to use us as a church. He wants us to, because the only, the only day you can serve him is today. The all has gone, gone. But so many of us as Christians, we are holding back from things that is in the past. If somebody did something towards you, forgive them. It doesn't mean you agree, but you can forgive. And you have to forgive yourself. And when you do, the power of the Holy Spirit will set you free. And we follow Christ, and he will lead us to people who is waiting for us to come. And sometimes it's uncomfortable, but that's why you have the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And you have brothers and sisters in the church. Amen? Amen. And I just, um, I'm just so thankful for God because I know that um, we will see so many people receiving Christ. And, And just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. And, and, and you already have. And don't say anything about yourself that is not according to the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I don't have the skills. I don't know if we can do. You can. But just remember who you are and what you have. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you, Father, for everyone in this room, Father. Father, fantastic, made by you, Father. And Father, you have, you have so faith in your church. Father, I thank you. Holy Spirit, I just pray, Father, that you will just speak to everyone in this room. And Father, I pray, I come against, Father, old strongholds, every lie from the enemy that is holding us back. Father, I just break the yoke that, that is not from you, Father. And Father, you said that the anointing breaks the yoke and Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray that you will just fill us fresh again. Amen. Can you just stand up? Can we just stand up for the Lord? And, I, and, I, and as, when I pray, no, I, I believe that uh, 
the Holy Spirit will bring up things in your life that you just have to give to him. Things that have been holding you back for such a long time. Just give it to him. And yes, Holy Spirit, I just give it to you. I want to follow you. I want to, I will fo- I want to put my both hands on the floor. I want to look forward, not backwards. I don't want to drive the car by looking at the in, inside mirror. I want, to, I want to look forward. So Holy Spirit, thank you that you're doing that right now. That you will just um, remind us of things that have been holding us back for such a long time. And Father, we just give it to you. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Quarto si bravato se gemindo ba coronamonte. Zibra bardo se vede da bado racconto, zibra bardo da coronamonte. Zibra bardo gem bardo quando sopra vede de vede de coronamonte se menta. Zibra bardo la vede baba da coronamonte se menta. Thank you Jesus, Holy Spirit. Father, I speak a word of freedom. Father, in the name of Christ, I just break, Father, all change, Father, that somebody feels around them. I just break them in the name of Christ, and I just release you. I release you to just follow Christ and to be free. I release you from your past. It's old has gone, and you have a fresh start today. Amen. There are so many new beginnings in, in Jesus Christ. So much grace from God. Thank you, Father. Father, open our eyes so we see the harvest. Open our hearts so we can see, Father, harvest, Father, and we can see ourselves as harvest workers, Father. Holy Spirit, teach us how to catch people for you. Father, in the coming week, Father, lead us into situations where we can experience, Father, to, to, to see that you will teach us, Father, how to catch people, Father. And every step, Father, that takes us this way, we will celebrate. Amen. Every single step, Father, that takes us in that direction, we will celebrate, Father. Yes. In the name of Jesus, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I just prophesy freedom, Father. Freedom into your life. Freedom over you. Freedom over the church. Freedom to serve under an open heaven, anointed by the Holy Spirit and, Holy, and God's power. Yes, amen. Thank you, Father. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. And the grace of Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen. When you go into your neighborhood, when you go to work, yeah. when you see your family, yeah. when you meet people in the street, the grace of Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church, and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We meet every Sunday at 10.30am in Stony Stanton and 4pm in Tamworth and Market Harbour. Feel free to come and visit us. We'd love to meet you. Thank you.